The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Well, you've heard of uh, Metal Man. You've heard of uh, Crash Man. How about Old Man? Joe Flacco. Back in our lives. Breaking news coming out of the National Football League. We'll board the locomotive in a second, but uh, Joe Flacco will be the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback this week. Not a surprise. We basically told you a couple days ago this was very likely. Dorian Thompson-Robson was never going to clear concussion protocol after that nasty, the nasty knock. What did Mark Sanchez say in the, in the call that we played the other day at the edge uh, of that highlight? He got smacked. He got smacked. Smacked, right? Yeah, yeah he got smacked. And, yeah. Indeed he did. Uh, DTR has not cleared concussion protocol, and I mean this sincerely. I think the Browns would rather start me at quarterback on Sunday than P.J. Walker. So, yes, it was going to be Joe Flacco off the couch starting the game. So Flacco will be the starter for the Browns on the road at the Rams. P.J. Walker will ostensibly be the backup, although we'll find out about that situation as we move along. We will talk about that game coming up later in the in the show, obviously, when we give you our bedside in total for every game week 13 in the National Football League. Ken, are we still sitting right now? I'll get to board the locomotive in a second. We're still sitting here with the Rams uh, three and a half in this game against Cleveland. There are a couple fours on the board, but like there wasn't a ton of movement yet based off of this announcement. I think it was a little bit baked in. I, I mean, you have a team like Cleveland every week. It's kind of baked in that there's quarterback uncertainty and that all of them are bad. So this isn't, uh, you know, Joe Burrow to Jake Browning, not that type of situation. 
All right, so we'll board the locomotive in just a second. Ken Barkley's entire college football card for the weekend. Anthony DeBundo joins us in 20 minutes. Anthony will give us soccer bets for the weekend. Brad Evans joins us next hour. The Glassman, PJ Glasser, joins us next hour. In 40 minutes, we'll read some of the uh, some of the bets given out by our YouTube and Twitch chats. We, uh, we're going to make this more of an interactive experience moving forward here on the show. Not just now, but as we progress past football season into next football season. More social elements. Maybe even taking phone calls on the show, which I think we're looking forward to. That being a potential element of our show. So if you're in the YouTube chat, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. The Twitch chat, twitch.tv all my words are running into each other. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Send us your favorite football bet for the weekend and the rationale behind it, why you like the bet. We'll read a couple of the best ones coming up 40 minutes from now to kick off hour number three. All of our bets for tonight in the final hour of the show. But uh, this is a little sad. As uh, I guess it's not the regular season anymore, but this is like the last time we get to do this heading into bowl season, obviously. The last time we get to board the locomotive here, Ken, for, for college football for a while. Uh, this is a little bittersweet, right? The season really does go by in like the blink of an eye, the college football season. NFL drags out for like another like couple months. Yeah. College football is basically done at this point up until the playoff and a couple bowl games, obviously. I mean, we, we've got NFL regular season in like the dead of winter still <laughs> like that's coming up like in mid January. We still have like putting the finishing touches on that one. Yeah, it always goes by really fast. Um, it's one of the reasons why I like win totals for college football. It used to be my favorite thing, too, because you just you get like you put in the bets Labor Day weekend and you're paid on Thanksgiving. And it's actually like not that long for like a, a season long bet and uh, and still fun. I just uh, <laughs> like been uh been a pretty good season, I guess. Last few weeks have been pretty good from a pick standpoint. The win totals, like some good, some bad, honestly. Like I, I just uh, kind of like whatever on how everything went this year, honestly. And I, I kind of feel like honestly, the the season is for the most part going to be defined by two things that haven't happened yet. Like, is Bo Nix going to win the Heisman Trophy and we win money on that? And is Michigan going to win the national championship? We win a lot of money on that. So, um, kind of TBD on like. Am I happy with how the season went? Those two decisions are gonna are gonna probably loom really large in that. And uh, was able to like cash a, a significant win total with Oregon State, one of the first ones we gave out on the show. At the same time, like, and it was funny. I was watching Florida State, Florida, and I actually had two different thoughts. Uh, if you bet the win totals, your thought number one was, "Oh my God, how did Florida over five and a half wins like not make it to the finish line?" <laughs> uh, lands five, and they've lost like three hail mary decisions this year, and the and the number lands five, which happens sometimes. Like I I won under eight and a half with Oregon State. They lost the last two games of the year. Like if you're on the over there, you probably that feel like that was pretty rough losing to Washington a couple weeks ago. But <laughs> thought one was Florida over like gross, and then thought two was just like. Man, like Florida State the whole year, it's like it seemed like there were losses on the schedule and they're just really good and they just win all the games. Uh, Norvell won coach of the year. Like Travis was great for part of the season. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. So, yeah, like like fine with the season. But we've already we did. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks. So we just did like, I don't know how much like preseason work I'm doing on this sport next year going in. It just uh, if it's not like the best things that we bet. I mean, clearly, because they're still alive and they look really good, are going to be like the Heisman stuff we bet with Knicks and Harrison, but like Knicks is the contender now, and Michigan, and like it didn't it didn't take any work in like July and August to come up with those two things. The Heisman we bet in the middle of the year, Michigan we bet right at the start of the year. That's an easy exercise, and we bet more as the season went on. Um, so you know, may, might not do a lot in the off season on college football, and then honestly, we might show up and bet those two markets, and honestly, probably probably not do badly as a result. Well, I'll I'll tell you as someone that, and I, I bet a lot of the win totals that you gave out. Oregon State was the biggest one because I felt like it was the one that you were the most confident. Just like my opinion, listening to you talk about it, um, I, I 
I would like a couple of them because I really like it and I'm not doing the work on it. So hopefully you will or someone else will. Yeah, yeah a couple. But I, like, I just what, mean like, I mean, I think I bet. I think I bet like 41 of them or something this season, like something ridiculous. So, um, and for varying amounts and, and some, some multiple times, depending on what the price was. So it's just like, I think I might, I might be, I might retire that. It was a good run. It was like a four to five year run of that. But, uh, what, but because, you know, when I used to put a lot of effort into that, I wasn't doing a lot of other stuff. Like I have, maybe we'll do it on the show at some point. I have a team alive in the MLS playoffs. I think they're, they're like tonight or tomorrow. I think actually, Is it Seattle? Alex, can you look up? No, they, I bet two teams at the start of the tournament. We never Seattle, did it on the show. Seattle I like mentioned it. Them, right. Seattle and Columbus. I think we did do this on the yeah. show. Was Columbus was the, the crew. I don't, I don't, well, maybe we did. So I bet at the, when the tournament, by the way, for people who don't know, like the, like 20 and it's okay. We're taking a lot of time. There's like seven games and I have like three bets. Like we're going to be okay here for people. They're like, where are the picks? Um, I, I did like some work on MLS, which I've never done before. Like what teams tend to win? What's the playoff format? Like a billion teams make it. And I bet Seattle and Columbus and they were on opposite sides and they're both like 16 to one, 14 to one, something like that. And they both made it to the final eight. And then Seattle lost last weekend. And now it's become single game elimination because nothing makes any sense. And Seattle lost, but Columbus won. So they're in the, the, for the last four. They play in the Eastern Conference final. Uh, the conference finals are tomorrow. So if you want to like cheer along with me, they play Cincinnati. Um, LAFC is definitely the best team. They beat Seattle and I, I think they're going to win. Like, even though I like the other two teams more because the price, uh, but in the Eastern conference final, I like Columbus in that game. And one of the reasons I liked them before the tournament is I like this path. So if you want to like, like sweat along with Ken, basically I'm holding a futures ticket on the crew at like 16 to one to win this tournament. They got two games left to win. Uh, Throw a couple bucks on them against Cincy. Let's uh, one of those. I was gonna say like let's take down the Midwest, except Columbus is the ones playing them. So I don't know, insert your yeah, the there. battle for Ohio. The battle for Ohio yeah. taking place. Who needs who needs right. Ohio State to be Michigan? Columbus. Who needs Cleveland? When you got the crew, right? When, yeah. when you got the crew. All right. Uh, Anthony DeBundo will give us some soccer. But speaking of soccer, maybe DeBundo's got some plays for the MLS, or you know maybe not. Uh, that's coming up next segment. But for now, for the final time. Until bowl season, where we'll ride the locomotive again. But really, for the final time here for a little bit, uh, we board the locomotive on day five of Lochmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. Picked off. Real estate ahead. Shiloh. Sanders. Stunned like his daddy! Touchdown! The roar of the crowd. But for Nick and Ken, college football only sounds like one thing. This is like, by, by far, the best piece of imaging and video we have on the show is this. All right, it's time. One of the final times of this season. We'll do it for the college football playoff and for select bowl games. But now, we board the locomotive for conference championship. We give it first. We dance. championship weekend what are the bets in the great sport of college football i have uh i do have a bet on 
all of the power conference games except for the big 12 game <laughs> i couldn't couldn't talk myself into anything there um not all of them as confident as others but i do like them and i i have placed them so we'll see what happens uh well one i haven't placed which we'll talk about in a second i i bet a plus 10 on washington tonight and people will be like oh sucker oregon demolition revenge and maybe maybe Penix is hurt too boy that'd be fun uh what a blast that would be i just uh my my opinion my interpretation is that i think this market is like misreading what washington's been the entire season yeah like they're not a team that's going to blow you out they play a ton of close games against everybody that is frequently being viewed as them like limping into this game like oh i couldn't put anybody away couldn't win by we bet against them a couple times including last week we won on washington state in that game so like very aware of what's going on here with the huskies but like in the nfl we have close game teams all the time and they frequently trick people into thinking when they play a better team that like they're going to get blown out because they play close games against lesser teams it's like what if they're kind of like a close game team what if they're really well coached that's usually a, a criteria of a close game the minnesota vikings are really really well coached they play close games against literally everybody um i think both teams wear purple i think washington's kind of like the minnesota vikings i think that's what they do i think the fact that they haven't won by margin is convincing people that they can't keep a game close against a team that they already beat uh do i think oregon's likely to win absolutely um they're a potential juggernaut of a team but i i don't think it's going to be that easy i really just don't um and i could be wrong about this so like nine and a half nine couple bucks on washington that's how i would play the pac-12 game um could be an oregon demolition they're very good this is not an anti-oregon take i i i kind of like look at washington and what the, what i think they are their schedule who they beat what happened in those games and i just kind of think like they're the kind of team that that plays a lot of close games and they're really well coached and they win at the end and if that's the case they're going to be in this game and on neutral field so anyway like washington the uh I, texas oklahoma like oklahoma state i i don't know i think texas might win by a lot but i have no strong opinion on the game i don't have any bets i don't even know what i would do if you handed me money i'd bet a different game uh in the sec game I like Georgia, which I don't think a lot of people do. Um, when I think about Georgia, and yeah, like you can refer to the previous matchups with them in Alabama, some of which have gone to both sides for a variety of reasons. They played close games against each other previously. A lot of the Alabama teams and a lot of the teams previously that have given Georgia problems in big games uh, have been teams that could generate really explosive downfield passing plays. Uh, you think about C.J. Stroud, Ohio State in the semifinal last year. Stroud played like literally the game of his life with all those Ohio State receivers. That game obviously got really tricky. Georgia needed a missed field goal to win. Uh, when Alabama beat them, when they split their meeting, where the second game was Georgia winning the national championship, the first meeting, remember, was Jamison Williams and John Mechie and all those downfield passing plays, explosive plays down the field. Against that Georgia defense, that was the key to the Alabama victory. Those plays weren't there. Those receivers were hurt. Those plays didn't work in the second game because those receivers weren't there. Uh, uh, Tennessee with Jalen Hyatt down the field against Georgia. Georgia was finally able to like put a put a stop to some of that mercifully in that game. Uh, I actually kind of liked Tennessee in that game for that reason. These downfield passing plays, like it's kind of been how teams have tried to beat Georgia. Some with success, some not. Alabama doesn't have that. Like Milrow's a good deep ball passer, and like yeah. Like, this is an element of their offense, but this isn't like the six first round wide receivers. This isn't the Ohio State receiving core from last year. Like, Miller, everybody's going to be like, well, Milro throws a great deep ball. Yeah, but like, to who? I just, it just, I, I don't know. I, I really question it. It's like, it's going to be all be Milro having to run and escape and make plays. And I don't know. I think they're really up against it in terms of their ability to score in the game. So I like Georgia. Uh, I like them to cover. And I feel like nobody else does. Uh, the two night games. 
are probably my two strongest opinions, and I'll do them quickly because it's, it's pretty straightforward, and I've talked about this game all week. Uh, I bet Michigan against Iowa. I, I don't care. Iowa's played one test game the entire season. They played Penn State. Their starting quarterback got hurt. They lost 31 nothing. They played Michigan in the Big Ten title game a couple years ago. It was non-competitive. Michigan scored 41 points. Why is this going to be different? Why, why is why is this going to be like somehow magically not the same as those things? Uh, Michigan 48-7, some kind of final score prediction here. I really don't think you're going to want the points in this game. Just how I think it's going to play out. Uh, and then I like Florida State. Sam comes on. He tells you he likes Florida State. Kanish comes on. He tells you he likes Florida State. Now, I kind of thought Rodemaker was going to play earlier in the week, although I did think it was in question. I was like, I, I'm going to lean more toward him playing just based on what I read. Now that really seems in doubt. Okay, so if you have no bet on the game, what should you do? Uh, it kind of seems me like kind of what I read more likely than not to miss is how I interpret this information. And if that's the case, then the number is probably not done moving. And I don't, I don't think I would ever bet Florida State now. I think I would like kind of read the tea leaves, think a quarterback out announcement is, is looming. And I think that causes an even bigger drop. Like I mean, Louisville might close a favorite if Glenn's going to start a quarterback in this game. Uh, I'll just say less than three. I like Florida State. I think they're more likely to win than this price. But in, ter in determining an entry point, it's, it kind of just depends on whether Rodemaker is going to play or not, what this ends up closing at. He seems more likely to miss now than he did before. So maybe you can wait and get a better number on Florida State. I like them in the game, just like the other people we've had on the show this week. Um, I think they're more likely. Actually, to be fair, Colin liked Louisville, so not everybody. But I'm with Kanish. I'm with Sam. Uh, I like Florida State. That's probably my favorite bet. Actually, that's not true. Michigan's my favorite bet. Um, but I like Florida State as well. And we disembark the locomotive for the last time for a little bit, which is always sad. We need to find a way to like bring this imaging back because it's because it's absolutely it's absolutely awesome. On the other side, let's get some soccer bets coming up for the weekend. Our pal Anthony DeBundo from the Wonder Goal Podcast will join Nick and Ken to wrap up our number two on a Friday. You better you bet.